0: Welcome to another edition of Close to the Vest. My name is Arthur Ettinger, and where we talk everything and anything divorce and relationship related. I am really, really grateful to have uh in my in our studio today, Angela Lagreca. Angela, thanks so much for being here.
1: Arthur, you're the best. <laughs> Angela.
0: <Know it. laughs> Angela is a uh, a friend, most importantly. Uh, she was a client. She has an amazing story. Um, and, you know, a lot of what we talk about on this show is how like the, your life challenges impact who you are today. Yeah. Um, you are a rock star Emmy winning producer. You're uh, uh, an amazing comedian. Um, you know, Brandy's, I'm sure okay. you're missing being in Brandy's. <laughs> I like, love that place. That on little the upper piano inside. bar. It is fun. Um, and you have an amazing story, your background. And I really, I would love to get in because your perspective, both, um, where you are today and when I met you and when you were going through some challenges, you know, in your breakup, um, your perspective can really help people out there, uh, that are, whether they're about, about to embark on a road for a split or yeah. uh, or are going through it now and then just hitting a wall. Yeah. And so I would love for you to just kind of share today. Okay.
1: Um, well, but- I, you know, I was thinking about that because there's no perfect time to get a divorce, right? You can't really time it right. It's like, oh, do I do it during the holidays? Do I do it in the summer and ruin my summer vacation? Or do I have that happen on the heels of cancer treatment? That's what that was mine. Right. It wasn't my choice, but so and not to not to bring out the violins, but you know, when you have these challenges like a life-threatening illness, I was working as a supervising producer at the Meredith Fiera show. I had working with worked with Meredith Fiera for a very long time at the awesome. Today Show. And I had a lot of responsibility and it was a new talk show. So we were working crazy hours and, you know, I had a young daughter who was, I think, I mean, she was born in 2013 in December. So this was the fall of 2014. So she wasn't even a year old. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm I'm there I've been there too. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, I'm working these crazy hours, which I'd always, you know, done. And we Meredith and I used to do this buddy mammogram. You know, because women don't really want to go for mammograms. It's not pleasant, no matter how you don't have to deal with this. But trust me, you would not take your private right. parts and put them in between two pieces of plexiglass and make a panini sandwich and see Gee, right. how are you feeling now, Arthur. You really wouldn't do that. So nobody really wants to go. Right. Everybody's afraid of what they're going to find out. And I had stopped going for years because I was such a supposedly, you know, rock star, you yeah. know, producer, busy. And I was using that as an excuse not to go for my annual mammogram. Who so wants to go to the
0: doctor? I yeah,
1: you know, but but I knew better because I'm and I was doing stories about breast cancer. Of Hoda Kotb is going fly fishing with these women right. who are you know using the fly fishing to help them with their recovery and all these other stories for everybody else. And I was ignoring my own health. So now it, she said, you know, remember the buddy mammograms that we used to go on? Why don't we do that for my show, her show, that Meredith Vieira's show? Right. We'll go together. And I'm like, I tried to get out of it. I tried to get anybody else to do it. They're like, I just had my mammogram or I'm not doing that. And, and I really wanted to get out of it. And then I thought, well, I can't cause we booked it. All right, so we'll go. She said, Dr. Drossman, I love Dr. Drossman. She, she was, you know, she was a, a Park, yeah, Park Avenue you know, radiologist uh, and, and breast specialist that we always went to. And that was my other excuse. You know, it's more expensive to do, you know, she doesn't take my insurance. She doesn't take any insurance. And I'm the kind of person where I need like a personal assistant to file any kind of paperwork and right. I don't have that assistant. So it's like, even if I'm going to get 80% back, I'm like, I'd rather just not go. So she would always go to Dr. Jossman, Meredith, and she, Dr. Jossman would say, where's Angela? Where's Angela? Anyway, short of it is now I'm going to go. I was not expecting with cameras rolling That's as, crazy. as they're doing my, you know, mam- it wasn't the mammogram though. When you have dense for women out there who know when you have dense breasts, mine are so insignificant in size. Like they made such an, a, problem for me. I was like, I felt sorry for them. I was like, you know, you guys, I know I ignored you most of my life. You were never front and center like other women. It was always sort of like, you know, a joke. (laughs) Yeah. And now that you're giving me all these problems and, but you have dense breasts. So it's picked up on a sonogram. So she goes to the sonogram and all of a sudden she goes, I want to stop the cameras. And I thought she was joking. Oh, Yeah. She goes, I want to stop the cameras." You know, I see something. She stops the cameras and she says this to me. And she says she gave me the option. Do I want to continue? But being the producer, the good producer I am, I was thinking, wasn't thinking so much of outing myself as a potential breast cancer patient. Um, I was just thinking, like, oh, we got to tell the story, whatever. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. So we did. But I knew from her voice and talking with her that this might not be good. Like short of it is, you know, in TV world, they get things faster. You get your results faster, you know. Right. And all of a sudden, we were you know, within 24 hours, you know, I was sitting in a makeup chair, hair and makeup chair about to go on Meredith's show to talk about our experience, not knowing what my result was going to be. Oh, And then God. I found out about an hour before we went on air with this, that I had, um that I had an early stage breast cancer that looked like it was small. I mean, I, and, and, um and they had to do what they were going to, you know, they did this biopsy and everything. But so the whole thing was like flippy and my ex I'm gay. I could never even say that without saying it so so quickly um and my ex was with our daughter in california at the time and i had to call and say this and then i had to go on the air so it was soupy it was messy and I, you didn't cancel no i couldn't it was our show i'm, I'm a last two, week i
0: cut my finger and i couldn't <laughs> do film a podcast and that's crazy that's show business though the show goes
1: on show goes on but it was my life too so it wasn't really a show it was hard so i was soupy during that interview i was like i cried a little bit, and. I'll say I thought I looked heavy though. That was the problem later, years later. I thought, you know, you could have lost like few, a couple of pounds. When You're I watched nuts. myself on that, that's all I could think about was that jacket didn't really fit you right on that interview with Meredith. So anyway, so the short of it is then I had to like, then I was like, um, oh, I have to produce my own cure, right? I have to produce my own cure. Like I'm a producer. So for 24 hours, I sort of froze. And then I was like, wait, I have, then I was like, I knew all these people from working in television and also just being someone who gets good information. And and all of a sudden, I had sex. That was sex. No, I didn't have. I didn't nice. have any sex then. Actually, I had six or seven of the top. I know um, uh, breast surgeons. I'm like, wait, I have seven doctors and I have two breasts. Like, I got. I got to make a decision. So, anyway, I next thing you know, that Friday it was like a Tuesday. I was on the show that Friday. I was sitting in a do- in a doctor's office, and then I I went to two different places and uh, picked my doctor. And next thing you know, I had to have chemo, and I was working during this period. So when I met you. I was, so, I mean, I'm fast forwarding, but basically I went through six chemos, I had a lumpectomy and I had radiation and I had a HER2 positive, which is like not what most women have. One out of five women have um, that type of breast cancer, which is a more aggressive, but you know, the good news is they have all these, these drugs that are specific for it. Like I'm not a candidate for tamoxifen. So I had to go on like this Herceptin. Anyway, bottom line is I've been more than five years now, which is great. Amazing. Knock, I can't knock wood because he said not to hit the table, That's but awesome. I to knock my head and uh. So that's lucky. But at the time, that was challenging. I was still trying to work. I had a young staff of people under me that I had to manage. They were great. And Meredith was great. I sat at the Today Show being interviewed with Meredith a week after this diagnosis, Hodacopy interviewing. I was jokey then because I had had a week to process, but I wasn't that, you know, I wasn't that happy. It was like, I was like, well, now what do I do? She, yeah, she helped save my life with this buddy mammogram. Now what am I going to get her for Christmas? The pressure is on. And then cut to, that's not after going through all that treatment, which was in October of 2014, June of the following year, 2015. So I finished my radiation with April, May, that June we separated. And my daughter was young and I had a different lawyer before you after I had that whole search for the lawyer thing, which is a, sure. something I can talk about, I guess, but that's hard. Um, and then I was, uh, needing to find someone else and someone recommended someone from Meredith's show knew somebody who knew you and when i talked with you and i'm not saying this to like blow smoke up your skirt or whatever but uh but it was like oxygen even though i was like a That's lunatic awesome, i'm sure yeah. i was a lunatic at the time because you have to understand it was i was We're also a lunatic but yeah so i good was a good but it, i have a lot of energy but and even when i had cancer it was like she still has that energy um you know it was but i was also spinning from coming off the heels of treatment And when you're like that, you're trying so hard to keep it together. And now your life is blowing up in its own way, you know, and you've got a young kid who's was not even, she wasn't even two years old. I think she was a year and a half. And that was, so it was challenging the whole thing. And then Meredith's Meredith's show ended, show ended. It went for two years. So I was, you know, this confluence of, you know, divorce is stressful. Losing a job is stressful. Having your health challenged, stressful. So it was hard. Yeah, you know? so
0: all buckets yeah. were on empty.
1: Yeah, that was it. And then also being gay, and, um, that's not like it was extra hard in that respect, but it was in the sense that gay marriage I don't forget what summer it was. It's Fairly new well, when time. It, when when it, I mean, yeah. it wasn't for New York, but for the law of the land. And so everybody was like, woo, applauding. You know, that was great. And you feel like not, you always feel like a failure when a marriage doesn't work out. Right. I think you do. It's like, I failed. But this was like double fail because everybody else was like, the gays fought so hard for marriage. And this felt like a mockery of it. So we have to, we need so this much attention. Like we have to, we have to get divorced because gay marriage just got approved. Let's do that. That's how I interpreted it at the time. I was upset by that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it was like, what the heck is that? You as, know,
0: as divorce lawyers, we would just joke like, "Well, you know what? It's just, you know, it adds uh, more work. And if they want to be miserable too, let exactly. them be miserable."
1: <laughs> yeah, there are plenty <laughs> of people who, you know, but it was so it, but it was all those things where I thought, "How sad is that? How sad is that?" You know, um, but but in some ways, that obviously that 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 actually helped me that gay marriage that that occurred. And um, you know, so do anyways. you think
0: that what you your challenges with cancer impacted your decision to split?
1: Well, that's a very good question, actually, because because uh what when my surgeon well, I, pick, I went to Sloan Kettering and then I went to Columbia and I I picked uh Shelly Shelley Feldman. Feldman? Feldman. Feldman? I Feldman Feldman, can't even remember now. Uh, but he was uh, my one of my close friends' brother in laws, and he was the head of breast surgery at Columbia. He's now at Montefiore. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. But I remember he said something so interesting to me. I wasn't with my ex when he said this. I was with my really dear friend Lenny, and she I think she was taking care of my daughter, um, or was in California because her boss was going back and forth. So that was stressful. They weren't even here. <clears throat> and um, he said, you know, you're going to find a lot of things when you go through cancer. you're gonna you're gonna question a lot of things. You're gonna question what you're doing. And it's really going to challenge relationships. And he said as though he knew it was weird because I didn't really talk about anything personal in that regard. He said, you're going to see that, you know, how hard that is even, you know, in your own home life. And, and you're going to see how people, you know, respond and how you respond. And and I do think that it impacted it in some ways, Powerful. you know, yeah. it was, It's really, it was almost like, mm, I have to, you know, I have to move on. And it was hard. It's very scary. Who the heck wants to be without another pair of hands? Trust me. I mean, whatever, right? It's true. I to always say that. I mean, you know, you know, you have to get divorced when, you know, the only reason you can think of to get together is that you need somebody to sit in the car while you're double parked. And there is value to that. There the, is value yeah, to that. That is. That's your litmus. Especially in Manhattan. That's your litmus. Exactly.
0: And, but it also, it, it provides some perspective. You know, there are, I have a lot of clients and a lot of people who go through this and, and listen, problems are all relative, you know? Um but i think people get lost in the weeds they focus on the bullshit more often than not and it's hard when you're going through it i listen i get it personally having also done this but i think your experiences um certainly has to put the process when you were going through the process into perspective and i know you would get you know upset about certain things uh, and the normal things, but then,
1: but like, what it, do you mean? So people understand, like what do you what do you think people focus on that maybe they shouldn't so much when they're going through that? Well,
0: there there are certain people who, no matter what, will just no matter what the situation is, they will focus on the negative. But you now you're now sitting at the at the table, so to speak, dealing with the the demise of your relationship. but you just came out of, you know, now you're in remission. You're like, I just rolled up my sleeves and I fucking kicked, you know, cancer's ass. What's a divorce at the end of the day? And I think that really helped you as an outsider, I saw. And I think people out there, it may not be cancer that they're battling, but it it puts what they're dealing with in perspective and not to under, not to undercut or diminish their experiences. But I just think you coming out, on the other side. It's a takeaway for people to say, you know what? It's a wake up call. Yes, I'm going through a divorce. Yes, it sucks. But this is just a phase in my relationship and uh, there are better things ahead. And
1: I I think also, you know, in terms of like when you're going through that, you do, there's such an, there's a, there's an anger that the two people have, you know, but I kept trying to focus on the fact that what got me through is that I love my daughter and I was grateful for that as much as you can fight with the other person. You could, I never understand how people can go from, you know, you care about someone enough to marry them or even in just regular relationships, like there's a million people in this world and maybe you're going to date a dozen or more or whatever in your lifetime. And of those you may not talk to any of them ever again. Like, that's weird. Like people know intimate yeah. things about you, have been with you. And now it's like a wall that has, that has, like it never existed. I always found that fascinating. And I was never one to really stay in touch with my exes. I was very, like, I am half Sicilian, but I'm not like Tony Soprano Sicilian, but but I'm also half Calabrese. So being Italian, like that's like thick-headed, hot-blooded and thick-headed. That's sure. an interesting combination, but it served me well during getting through all this. But I- here, when you divorced, you have to stay in touch with the other person yep. if you have a child, you know, and that was the challenging part. At the same token, I was grateful for 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 her, my daughter, and so our sure. daughter, really. So, you know, so it was that, that's the struggle, you know, and you're like, well, I want to do the best thing I'm doing and, and you know, always question if you're doing the right thing, you know, because you, it just feels so messy and it's sure. hard, it's hard, you know, and I know, I know, I don't know how you... I don't know what you see a lot. I mean, I, I only knew my own situation. I didn't come from a family of divorce and it wasn't like uh, my parents, if my mom hadn't passed away when she did, my parents were married for 42 years. They they would have still been married today. I'm sure of that, you know? And, uh, I mean, that was like classic, you know, they had one argument and it lasted for 42. That's what Italians. said. That's it. But that was it. You know, I, I did, I, I thought this was so foreign to me, you know, it really was, it was like, you know, and also it was foreign even for me to feel like, oh, I'm a gay person getting married. For me to get to that place, that's what I was trying to say. Like, I couldn't even say for years and years when I worked at the Today Show that I was gay. I didn't even say it to Really? Me. No, 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 I don't know. I come from this like, don't tell anybody. No, oh, they'll lose your job. That's crazy. No, it's not crazy if you feel that way. It's crazy to anybody who thinks, oh, what's the big deal? But when it's you and you have that in your head that it's it's going to work against you or you have any again, that word shame or I had that feeling. I was not like, Oh, it was just that that's how I felt. And so I was able to compartmentalize. And so what
0: was the shame you thought? Like what my friends, my loved ones are going to think like I'm a failure because this marriage didn't work.
1: Well, that, no, that uh, it was more, uh, I don't know about, about, about. Well, what's the shame around the divorce? It was like, no, it was, well, that was also, you know, like, you know, yeah. Well, that's what I meant about gay marriage was like a big thing. And then it was like, can't even do that. Like, what's that bro You know, are you feeling your kid? You know, that, that was the feeling, but even just in telling people. So it was a funny thing is when I came out to people at, at the Today Show, I would take them into little pockets people because you're having a daughter and what are you going to, you're just going to just keep lying, pretend that you're not going out with anybody. And nobody asks a good question. You can't, you work in news and you can't believe they don't ask you. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, so I would take them in little pockets in this listening room and they think, and the funny thing is they, they were like, Oh, afterwards I tell them and they were like, Oh, we were so nervous. We thought you were going to tell us you had cancer. Little did I know that that'll be next year, but I didn't, you know, I didn't, I was <laughs> it was just basically, I was basically just, you know, little by little outing myself and then being myself, yeah. not that I was any different You know, it was just me, but in my mind, it was like the worst thing I could be doing is telling people.
0: That's liberating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so trying to, again, trying to, make divorce okay and really what you're just trying to do is be a good parent yeah that's what i'm trying to do and i think that makes
0: like you always did what's best for your daughter
1: yeah you have to i mean she's amazing and that's and and no matter how bad your relationship gets or what happens and divorce is icky and nobody likes it and it's eh, and the the bottom line is if you have a child and you love that child and how do you know you know that's everything. So there you have to make a peace at some point. Mm-hmm. And that took that I think that takes a while. I think that's what takes a while because you're so angry in the beginning and you're so focused on not liking the other person for x y and z for all the reasons that it didn't work out. And whatever you guys both feel. Everybody has their, you know, you oh, we weren't sleeping together or we weren't talking or you were always working or I was always this. I want to live here and you don't want to live that whatever it is. You know, or just maybe we're not a match after all. I don't like living with you. Whatever that is. Right. Um, you you still have to at the, at the end of the day go out of this wreckage. Came this great kid. Sure. I mean, assuming you have a great kid, if you have a little brat, you know. But no, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like it's more misery. No, but <laughs> but I did, I felt very grateful for that. So you know, but that's still a hard turn because then it's like I'm I got to do this myself and I have to like fight for the right to do this. It was very challenging whole thing.
0: You know? And yeah, and I think your outlook has been great, and I. You know, I know you've had some struggles, not only health wise, but work wise. Oh. Like, and, you know, and now then we have fucking COVID and oh, that's so a whole. Yeah. So much fun. So <laughs> if you could just, cause I know you guys have really, you've stepped up your game. I saw like on social media, all the things you do uh, with Ava. And um, so.
1: Yeah. She's, I mean, you know, that's the thing. This is, this COVID is hard just because I. I do enjoy doing stuff with her and she's just turned seven, but, but it's like, you know, we both do. She's got a good life. She has a good life between the two of us. I would say that, but you know, with COVID it was like indoors all the time and she's an indoor kid to a degree anyway. Sure. So it was like, you know, I got to get, let's go, we're going to a museum. Let's go. No, we're not. We're, and, and yeah, now with the video games, which you realize how much kids love these video games and these apps, like what games does she like? Oh my God. Among us. There's always, it's all the apps are all the same. Yeah. There's some alien or some creep and someone's trying to kill you or you're trying to kill them. That's yeah. it. Or you're buying LOL dolls with giant eyes. LOL, because whoever made LOL dolls, with, you unwrap a ball of plastic and there's like maybe six little plastic pieces. It's like $15. No, I LOL get is, My girlfriend has the yeah, L- laughing way, LOL Laughing their way. whoever dolls. makes them is laughing yeah. LOLing to the Well, bank. some of
0: these dolls, if you wet them, do you know this? Oh, yeah, they do. They pay, have oh, yeah. like their yeah. garter belts on. and
1: oh, it's crazy. I, I, that's we are on the wrong, we're in the wrong business. Okay. Yeah. It's LOL dolls. So, you know, that and then she likes Minecraft yeah she sure. likes roblox they yeah. all give me vertigo Jack every single roblox, game gives me yeah. vertigo i can't even watch them mama look you yeah and then or she's always creating or she likes um not not a uh, oh, what is this it's someone when you make the little characters i forget what it's not it's roblox uh, is it oh uh, uh, yeah. and they, they they create all these you know you can pick the hairdos for certain things and there's so many choices. And then they're in a, there's bricks moving and then you're creating houses. And the other one where you adopt me, adopt me. I hate adopt me. Adopt me is like somebody with wings. They all look crazy. And then the kids start commenting. So I went on it once. And of course I started to do these snarky comments. She's like, you're funny. Do it again. She was like, you know, I was like a ghostwriter for my daughter in one of those like video chat rooms. That was the best I could do. I said, get off this. You let her in the chat room. No, it's not a chat room. It's like they, they talk to each other. It's, Weird. No, I, I
0: know because he's like on. Yeah, there I said with these like his are not. And, and I said
1: these are not. These are not your friends. Oh, they, right. she friended me and then she unfriended me. I said get off that. Yeah, that's it. I don't like it.
0: These kids it's, today. It is very creepy. Uh,
1: they and they are obsessed.
0: They're obsessed. Does she play Fortnite?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: So, <laughs> I I know it's, it was recently her birthday. Yes. So happy birthday yeah, to her. This is great. And you know, I commend you guys as as. As nasty as it may have been at the time, you guys for you know for the greater good of ava you you guys had a joint birthday party the, not yeah. a lot of people well, we can do, say they do that
1: well, in the agreement, it says you try to make the effort to do that, and we have tried on her yeah, birthday yeah, but that to doesn't do that. It, yeah, there, lawyers will
0: tell you that doesn't mean shit
1: yeah, and there are times when you just like I'm a you know but we have tried to do that. I think more often than not, I think we've done that. And We had a big fifth birthday party. For, I mean, this year, actually, thanks to COVID, this was the simplest little gathering we ever had. And it was actually a relief financially because I was like, you know, do we really need another Trolls right. character walking through here? I mean, I can't stand it. That is the, I used to do that. I was, I was a toy demonstrator when I was an actor. I would be at Mattel. At the toy show. Yeah, do that I 17 days yeah. of, you are like, uh, easy, squeezy paintbrushes. It's, it's like Robin Williams on acid, if you right. can imagine that. It's the stupidest thing. And these people... In these outfits, how many parties did kids' parties? Do you know once I went to a kid's party, I think she was three years old, Upper East Side, nice apartment. They cleared an entire living room of furniture. I'm not sure how they right. did it, or they just didn't have any. And they had a strobe light and kids dancing. And all of a sudden I feel something up against me, it like as though somebody like goosed me from behind. So I just instinctively... Hit my elbow, and I hit a My Little Pony character <laughs> right in the nose, okay? It was some actor who was probably like, what the heck?" Is- <laughs> came up right behind me. It was like, do you know what that is? Amazing. I was like, get out of here. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do She had the big, the trolls. We had the characters. She had a birthday party when she was a year old. She slept through the whole thing. Santa Claus had to come. Yeah. Mickey Mouse came. She slept through the whole Thing. We must had eighty people in a townhouse, Lenny's townhouse, and catered. And why, why? For the, for the adults. Yeah, I used to sing at weddings and divorces, and we used to say that we we you did your wedding and your divorce, you got a fifteen percent discount. But I was a wedding singer when I first quit my full time job. I was a singer before I was a comedian. I just want to understand, where did you sing at the divorce? Kidding. But yeah, but I but well you and I sang at a lot of bar mitzvahs. Oh my God. Really? Oh my God. Every everywhere on wood from every five towns to six towns to New All these places in West Hampton and New Jersey. Well and that's how we made money in a sink sequ- it was like being in drag for me in a sequin dress and high heels. You he works hard for the money. You know, and I, I had no idea. Leonard's of Great neck, you know, where six brides are in the ladies are in the ladies' yeah, yeah. with their yeah. that's, yeah. so yeah. oh yeah, so that's how I went to comedy because we would change the lyrics during a cocktail hour, just to see if anybody was listening, you know, and they weren't listening, you know? So, yeah. So, um, but those were, but that's, it's funny because (laughs) I had not even been to that many weddings as a guest, but then I was singing at people's weddings. I'm sure there's a million wedding videos of me somewhere that are going to appear someday on YouTube, you know, that are like me, we, we were the wedding band. Um, and I remember those bar mitzvahs and how those kids were, they would hire like this chimpanzee on a motorcycle for $30,000 he'd ride around. A real monkey yeah. would ride around bubbles or something. It was like Michael Jackson's bubbles. I think Dylan's they, mom had, yeah, had yeah, the they monkey. They like, have to all outdo each other. And I'm like, I hope I never have this in my life. And, it, and then all of a sudden we're getting this great party. Like I had an, oh, she's an artist. My daughter's an artist. I'll, I'll rent a place down in... You know, down in Soho, I found this place, and actually in Tribeca, got all of her artwork, put it up, and then, and we never do anything simply. Then it's like, oh, we got to have all this prosecco for the adults. Like, it turns into an adult. You know, yeah. they're having, sure. you know, and then, and, oh, we got to have, you know, the 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 dessert table, the candies, the giveaway. and we got to have the bags. Then we got to have balloons, two hundred fifty dollars in balloons, five hundred in balloons. We got to have characters. We have to have what are we? What is this, a carnival? We have a carnival. We're a carnival. Yeah. So this year, COVID, thank God, it was like four people, Good. parents, grandma, makes it easy, godfather, bye like bye. Thanksgiving bye. and that easy. wasn't even cheap.
0: The holidays are
1: easy. Yeah. So that part of it, there's always a silver lining. Yeah. Right. But it's you know it, and that's the other thing. Like you know, you try to do things together. You try to agree, You know, you tr- and and sometimes you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it's like you know, you have to struggle through it because you're arguing over balloons. Really, how many balloons do we need? You know. And that's the thing, you don't, want to, you don't want to get in the weeds with that.
0: Yeah, but, and I know um, a lot of families have been, even well after the divorce, have been struggling because what one person thinks is appropriate and safe during this time, the yeah. other parent oh, I've experienced is completely that with uh, yeah. the opposite.
1: Yeah. Well, everybody, I think COVID was a great, has been a great litmus test for, I mean, it brings out like, Brings out the steely in you, like there's like how you can put things in perspective and other people, it's like if they have no inner life, okay. Or they can't be alone or they can't be without a manicure pedicure, you know, that, that somebody else is doing for them off the rails. Now I saw it with a good friend of mine who's single. Her ex-husband was like COVID crazy where like he didn't want to go any, I mean, out of a bubble thing and anything she did, he was, and they were fighting and they had the same kind of schedule, two, two, three. He's, you know, lived in a different part of the city and they were arguing over every little thing, you know, and then finally, then they found a common place and then they tweaked their schedule and did a week on a week off. Cause it was just, it was easier. I saw a lot. I saw that. That's where I remember in the beginning, like, how's this going to work? What? Cause people were making the rules up left and right. I don't know if how that worked in terms of, you know, your legal because,
0: you know, Well, the judges did not want to disturb because, uh, but the problem is, and this is true in, a lot of aspects of what I do. Yeah. You could go meet with five different judges on the same fact pattern and you'll get 10 different results. Yeah. Because depending on the day, depending on the mood, depending on the, the issue, the case before them, you know, there's no really bright line and nobody knows. No one has a crystal ball, but at the end of the day, the judge, the last thing a judge wants to do is modify a schedule because what's temporary, you know, this is going to go on for how long. And then, uh what what's good for one family may not be good for the next family, yeah, you know,
1: I always thought it would be like something where they were like, if they were trying to cooperate, that was always a good thing. That's exactly. what I would read in these articles.
0: Well, that was the biggest thing is yeah. that uh, and Judge Sunshine wrote about this. Don't use the pandemic as a sword, right, you know, but right. the prop that's good for somebody who's in the process right now and there's no final order. But when you're done and there's language, you know, we didn't have a pandemic clause. Now we have pandemic clause. But who's yeah. who thought to put, okay, you know, God forbid the world shuts down on a pandemic? Here's the schedule. Right. You know? Um I just think in 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 every aspect, you actually have to, you know, deal with things with fairness. And how would you want that person if the you know if the situation was flipped? Because yeah. today you're going to have COVID. The next, you know, that person's going to have COVID.
1: Well, I think we all make, made exceptions during that because it was like only in a pandemic. That was like the t-shirt. Well, and you guys were all together. Yeah. And I- well, it was hard. We have a 10 blocks. And then it was like, it just seemed like too much exposure. And I think that there was such a great fear at the time. And I just kind of said, okay, then I'll try to go there. And we we talked about, let's see if we can do that. And actually did that for a period of time successfully, which I was shocked, actually. I think you just get in your lane. It's really out of fear. And it's also out of like, you know, it was just hard. It was just hard that whole time, that really early March, April, May, and, and being in New York City, I just wanted to get out to my house sure. in the Hamptons. And it never, ha- I couldn't do it, you know? And so it was just one of those, like, just stay put. But can I ask you questions? No. I yes. want to, I want to know because I know that you have that experience with all different kinds of clients, but like, what's the most common thing that people who are divorcing make, make mistakes. And then when they approach like a lawyer, like, you know, what is it, what is it? Or what, I guess my question is like, what is it that they, they don't think of, or what is it that, that you wish that they prepared or that you wish that they got? Like, what are they not getting? Because they're just like, eh. Um, Well, there's a lot I could. I think about it for other friends of mine who are going through that. they always ask me and I can't even remember what I was. I know I was so crazy at the time that I wanted to ask you that.
0: Well, there are certain people who will just sign at the dotted line, no matter what they, you say, you know, they either are so consumed with the emotions or uh, not paying attention. Um, And so, and then there are other people who they'll, they'll try to negotiate whether it's, you know, no matter what it is, they want to feel like, oh, the negotiation's already started with their lawyer. And they will often negotiate the retainer amount, but not think about the hourly rate. You know, it's not so much how much you put in the bank for them to work against as it is what the hourly rate is. Okay. So if if that's what your objective is, is to negotiate with your lawyer, okay, um, maybe you want to think about negotiating the hourly rate. I think what a client needs to do when they're meeting with their lawyer is instead of just getting the sales pitch and saying, Oh yeah, I can go do this for you. Ask what's realistic. Are my demands realistic? Because there are certain, you know, clients who they want to hear whatever they want to hear. And there are certain lawyers conversely who will say exactly what that potential client wants to hear. The problem with that is that that's really great in the beginning, but then now months later or years later, and now you're at a negotiation table and the deal is you're getting closer to either settling the case or starting a trial. And if they've been asking for something that they're never going to get at trial and you've been telling them for a year, or your, their lawyer rather has been telling them and they're like, wait a second, I just spent $200,000 on a fucking issue that I'm never going to be able to get, or it's the first court appearance or third court appearance when the judge starts screaming at that litigant. And it's like, what are you talking about? When I first met you, you told me, no worry, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, you know, custody for you and zero overnights for the other person. You got to ask, like, this is what, this is what my, I always say, what's your wish list You know, and at the end of the day, what do you really want to achieve here?
1: And do you have to manage expectations? That's the
0: main, that's, that's what I see. I see, uh, I see my job as a risk manager Mm. and to manage the expectations. I may ask for what you want, but you need to understand, like today is a perfect example. I was in court arguing for something. And then I spent an hour and a half explaining to my client that what you're looking for Really, here's you know, you want to preclude the paramour from ever having any contact with your child. Fucking good luck, you know. Unless that person's incarcerated, yeah. You know, your spouse is moving on. This is why you're getting divorced, yeah. You know, and so you have to manage. To your point, a hundred percent manage expectations.
1: Yeah, that's hard. Addy, what makes it a fit? What makes a, a client a fit? Or is it, I mean, are there other clients where you just say, I can't handle your case? I don't want to, whether for whatever reason, there are certain cases I, where I, I mean, will
0: turn away. Yeah. Um, there are certain cases where you're in the middle of the case and uh, you no longer, there's just been a complete breakdown in the relationship mm. and they're not listening to you. Um, they refuse to return your calls, you know, uh, listen. We all get the calls. How come this one's custody arrangement is this? And how come they're getting 50,000 a month and I'm only getting 20? Well, you didn't marry their spouse, you know, and um, your fact pattern and custody is not the same thing. You actually don't have a spouse who is in a, you know, inpatient treatment facility and is not coming out anytime soon. You have a, a loving parent on the other side, so we can't banish them to Siberia. That's just the reality, Yeah. you know? Um, and I tell people when you come in, I'm not the only person in town. This is not a one horse town in New York city, you know, or yeah. New York. So go meet with other lawyers and, you know, lawyers, I joke are like dogs and their owners. A lot of them look like each other, right. you know, <laughs> and um, you find the person that's right for you.
1: Yeah. So Sometimes that's a, that's hard. Not right away, you know. Other times, yeah, you know. I know for me, I I I met several people. One person, actually, I gave a retainer to, and then I went to dinner with a friend, and my friend said, "Oh no, no, you don't want her." Really? Uh huh. And the next day, the next day, and she said, "Oh yeah, my husband, you 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 picked her because you, you thought she was a little bit less, right?" And she had a reputation with a lot of well-known people. It wasn't that she wasn't a, a well-known lawyer, but I I said, "Why is that?" I thought she, would, and she's she said, "No." So the next day I called up the lawyer and, and she gave me the retainer back. Interesting. I mean, it was only, it wasn't even 24 hours, but it was not, and she was like, you know, and I, I just, you know, that was, it was one of those things. It's same thing with like, it was like finding a doctor, like who's a good, who do I ask? You got to ask around Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, and, and then experience it yourself, I guess. So it was, you know, anyway,
0: hard. And do you now having looked back a few years, do you think that, is there anything that you would,
1: have done differently. Hmm. Well, you know, at the, I mean, I used to think sometimes, I think everybody always thinks like, could I have, could this have been negotiated between us so that we didn't have to go through a divorce? I think everybody right. has, asks that when you have a young kid or a kid, you know, cause you don't want to put anybody through that. And it's, you know, and it's, and, and at the time though, I, I felt clear about what I wanted to do, but I, I don't know what I do. something something different? I don't know. I I think, I think I I did, I gave it my best effort. Mm -hmm. I had to, I tried to educate myself as much as possible about a world that I wasn't really sure about. Sure. You know, that was, I think the hardest part was like, what's this going to look like, you know, and how does that even play out in your real life? You know, you don't really, you're just going through the motions at the time. And then I think when it's done, there's almost that like, Mm. you know, it's kind of like,
0: well, it's very anticlimactic. I tell people I'm yeah. not I'm not opening up gates for you. Yeah, I'm no. not there's not like a big prize at the end, yeah. you know. Uh I give you a very expensive 10 page document that's a judgment of divorce. Yeah. You still have your fucking issues, you still have your ex, you yeah. still have the problems.
1: But but that document is valuable because it's almost like let's go back to the videotape, because there are times when you can veer a little bit and you and you best advice I think I've always gotten from you. And and and, and it bears out is that, you know, follow the agreement. That's why you have it, you know? And there are times when you want to, I think, as any independent person, you know, or any human being who has a, there are times when you kind of want to go. I guess it's almost like with wearing a mask. Like, I mean, I think we should wear masks, but it's like, who are you to tell me to wear a mask? Like, who are you to tell me with my kid? You know, there is that same, I I start to sound like my dad, who doesn't even sound like that, but I do a character that sounds like my dad, and that's what it is. Um, But you start to do that. You start to, well, who are these people telling us, you know, what we have to do on Christmas? Right. Like, who are you? It's my kid. But at the same token, it's a very valuable frame of reference because that's where you guys are and it's a legal, you know, enforced thing. And when there is a disagreement and a little, you know, you give a little, and then all of a sudden it's, it's unraveled again and you're back to where you were, you know? So in that way, it's almost like, I, I find it valuable, find it valuable, you know? Sure. And uh, yes. Do we tweak sometimes? Sometimes, you know, we had a, you know, stuff happens sometimes, you know, and, and, and you have to kind of adjust and you don't have to check in with some lawyer, lawyer or judge every five seconds. But, but if you need to, you know, that it's there. And I think that that's a good thing. I agree. You know, it's, I mean, that's part of it. That's, that's the whole thing with marriage. It's a, you know, it's, it's not just like, Oh, well, let's try this. It's like, it has all these legal ramifications that involve property and kids and custody and, money and all the things that you don't really want to think about when you're having that party, you know, when the, when the trolls are dancing at your wedding, I didn't have that. I didn't have a big party. That was probably part of it. Maybe you don't get married at city. That's what I used to say, $35 to get married at city hall and $35,000 to at least to get a simple divorce. That's pretty much it.
0: You know? Yeah. No comment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I am just saying, but we say it all the time.
0: So I just want to say you are truly an inspiration (laughs) and, um, I just, I'm really uh, grateful for you to come on here today and to share your story. Um, I cannot wait for the time, if <laughs> hopefully soon, where I can actually come see you perform again. That would be fun. Um, it would be
1: nice to, I mean, you know, being comedian and singer, uh, where is that going to happen? Yeah. You know, I had a birthday party at Brandy's, which is a an- Old piano it's my bar on the upper east side. it's, it's been it's there for sixty place. years. Do you know who Joan Hamburg is? She has a radio show. She's no. the first lady of radio. She goes, It's an institution. Brandy's is an institution. You know, and uh it's great. I mean, I I grew up in like my my chaps, uh my performing stuff down in the cabarets, like in the village, and sure. Don't Tell Mama's Midtown and yeah. 88's, which is no longer there on West 10th Street. So there's a whole group of people who were really, and they're great talent talents that are almost unsung, you know, and I used to yeah. put these shows together and I think right before COVID at the end of February, I had a, my birthday party at, at Brandy's and you know, all these people were there and we were thinking like, you know, a couple of weeks later, we never would have had that birthday party. Wow. Nobody got sick from it, but it was like, we, it was just around. We didn't know at the time, like, Ooh, and now it's like, can we just go outside? Can we just go outside and have some, you know, when are we going to sing again?
0: Well, maybe come February, I will show up in my troll costume <laughs> uh, for your birthday party. That at would Brand's. be great. I would
1: love that. I would love that. So thanks again. Arthur, thank you. I think what you're doing is great. People need to hear. It's it's a very lonely time when you're going through divorce. So, you know, connecting with people who've been there and done that and people who help during that is is valuable. So
0: I appreciate that. Thanks for the share.
1: All right, you. Bye. Bye.